Hello and welcome back to The Andrew Haynes Show. In today's episode, Andrew sat down with Robert Brown, the Director of Consumer Sales at Pacers Sports Entertainment. Robert started his career in sports working as an intern in the box office of a local sports team. And right when he graduated college, he jumped into a role in inside ticket sales for the Frisco Rough Riders. From there, he worked his way into a job in corporate ticket sales with the Pacers and immediately began working his way up to his current role as the Director of Consumer Sales. In the show, Robert and Andrew share a discussion about how to manage your time and build your schedule as a salesperson, the transition from selling to being a sales manager and the different skills required in each role, and the role of a positive mindset in sales. We hope you enjoy. I want to thank you, Robert, for for joining me today. Let's go ahead and get get rolling. Let's start off just with kind of your, your background from maybe school up into the position where you're at now. For sure, for sure. Well, first off, thank you for having me on here. I, uh, I went to a, a small school, Illinois College. It's in central Illinois. Uh, you know, when I was when I first graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I was going to be an engineer, then I was uh, going to be a teacher, then I got into accounting and uh, eventually just stuck with accounting and finance. So, uh, you know, not the traditional sports management routes, not a uh, powerhouse school like a lot of the, the people you'll see in the industry come from. Uh, played football through college. So I, I remember thinking, you know, uh, how can I marry, you know, business and sports? And that's kind of how I, I stumbled into to working for sports. I interned with the Gateway Grizzlies, which is a Frontier League team yeah. uh, in Sojay, Illinois. Um, you know, I, I got there. I had no idea what I was getting into. I ran the box <laughs> office window, uh, sold a little bit. Um, I did well enough. I had some great recommendations and some great mentors and coaches there that really helped me learn the business to get started. And, um, you know, still thought, thought it was cool. Had an internship with a pharmaceutical company afterwards and realized, man, I can't really compete with my last summer. So I, I started <laughs> uh, realize getting into sales. I, I felt like I had the personality and the work ethic to get into it. Um, and that was kind of, I jumped both feet into it. I went from my last collegiate football game was in November of 2014. I was going to graduate in May. Um, my brother lived in Dallas. So I was like, oh, it'd be cool to live down there, be close to him. He just had a little girl, so it'd be cool, close to my niece. And uh, I started looking for jobs down there, and I saw an opening on Teamwork Online with the Frisco Rough Riders, AA affiliate nice. of yeah. Rangers. So started looking there, and uh, I reached out, and it was for a job uh, sales role to, uh, to starting in January. And I wasn't graduating until May. I reached out, and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm not scheduled to graduate right away. Is this something you're looking to fill in May or is this looking to fill right away? And I uh, got shot down. They're like, you know, sorry, we're here. Fill us immediately. You know, let's touch base in, later in the year. I was like, well, no, I actually really want this job. So I went and talked to like my advisor and my registrar and everything like that. And I went from like, remember it was a Tuesday morning. I woke up and I was scheduled to graduate in May to uh, Tuesday at around two o'clock. Uh, changed, dropped one of my majors to a minor and uh, was scheduled to graduate in two weeks. Wow. <laughs> and, I the job and I was like, Hey, I, I moved some things around here. What, what are your thoughts here? And uh, you know, they, they were gracious enough to expedite the interview process with me just because, you know, I did have a lot of moving parts and um, was lucky enough to receive an offer. Um, moved down there January 8th. Um, you know, just kind of jumped in both feet in Dallas, Texas from Southern Illinois. And uh, my roommates were, I, I, I went to school with a, a lady and she had graduated at the same time and her and her husband just got married on January 3rd and I moved in January 8th and uh, was, I, I couldn't imagine on the, I, I just got married in June. I couldn't imagine my first year of marriage having a, a roommate. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially a couple of days right after you get married, you know, five days, five days later. So I was, I was, I, they a great friend right there. <laughs> 
they hold a very like special place in my heart for you know letting me do that help me get started um as do the rough riders and i was i was in a inside sales position with the rough riders for about eight months then i moved into an outside sales role um had a great mentor who hired me a guy named andrew sydney who is now the director of ticket sales with the detroit tigers and Sid and I still talk pretty regularly and he, he offered me some advice. Like, you know, if you, the big four is what you want to get into, which, which was my goal. Um, start introducing art, reaching on LinkedIn, start getting to know people in the industry. So positions open up, um, you know, they, they'll think of you. So had about five or six calls uh, before I started talking to Justin Ramquist, who's still with the Pacers and he was uh, overseeing their corporate sales department. Um, talked to him, uh, I think it was like in February they had a, a position opened up and uh, he's like, Hey, if you're interested, I'd love to interview you for it. So I was like, you know, let's do it. It's closer to home. Uh, it's an NBA team, which I was, I was excited to get into the NBA. I uh, talked to I interviewed and I, I didn't get the job my first time around, which I was, I was, I was devastated. I was like, you know, man, this is it. Apparently I'm not as good as I thought I was. I got to work on this, that, the other, and come back in June that year. And they had another position open up. Uh, I reached out and I applied for it and, uh, I tricked enough people into thinking I was good at what I was doing and they offered me a job. Um, so moved up to Indianapolis, um, July of 2016, an outside sales representative, corporate ticket sales rep. Uh, did that role for a while, uh, for about two years. Then I did a year where I was a dual seller and, and manager after being like the top producer there. So I uh, was overseeing, running our day-to-day -day stuff of a team of seven, uh, still holding in book of business as well as myself and still doing sales calls before last July, moving into our director of uh, consumer sales where overseeing our entry-level ticket sales representatives, spent a lot of time recruiting, training, managing, onboarding them, helping them get the starts in their careers, really just trying to repay the favors to uh, the next great of group of great ticket sales representatives that I had in my life. And it's been, uh, it's been awesome. It's been a blast. Uh, obviously a big wrinkle thrown our way here in the past few months, but uh, you know, I couldn't ask for a better staff right now. They're buying into what we're saying. They're practicing as much as we ask. Um, we're just trying to stay sharp and they're, they're doing what we ask. No, that's key, especially, you know, in the current climate, I think that kind of leads to like, you know, relationships in this business are, I think, crucial. And, you know, it's, it's a, a big world, but a small world, you know, and, and just with, you know, your, your group of uh, connections that you have from, you know, the, the Pistons and with Justin. So talk a little bit about, you know, how important the relationships are in the business. Man, to your point, I can't emphasize, and I, I try to, this is one of the points I try to hammer home with my staff is it's such a small industry. Uh, like you never know, like the person you're sitting next to and if you're an inside sales representative or a, you know, account executive could one day be a reference for you or a boss or a potential hiring manager. Um, it's just such a small world. Like we, we, we go to league meetings and um, I got, you know, three or four people who I text on a regular basis just to bounce ideas off each other. Like, Hey, how would you handle if this situation presented to you or what would you do in the, here in this scenario? And, um, it, it's just awesome that you're, we're such a tight knit group that we're able to help each other out like that. And it's, you know, it, it's just such a small, small world that, uh, you know, if you don't know somebody, I guarantee you, you can find somebody who knows somebody in this industry. Yeah. Always, always connected. Right. Exactly. And I, I think, I think with, you know, the whole current climate with the virus and everything, I think it's actually, I mean, for me, it's helped me focus more time on building some of those relationships just by um, having some downtime and trying to, you know, share ideas and, and get feedback on what other people are doing. Cause there's no manual for this, you know, right. what we're going through right now. And, you know, I talked to dozens of teams and, you know, the team that I'm with in, in Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia, the baseball team, 
you know, we're pushing forward, we're doing sales, we're doing just general outreach. So we're, we're kind of doing a mix. I've seen some teams that are doing absolutely nothing, some that are just, you know, building those existing relationships. So it's kind of cool to get with other people in the industry. And I'm excited for as we come out of this is to continue those relationship buildings and just sharing, you know, of ideas and, and knowledge, because it's, it's been great the last two months from if, if there's anything great out of this whole situation, it's been, it's been that. Um, and we've been able to focus on that as a staff as well. Yeah, I agree 100% with you. And I'm hoping that's, uh, that's a habit I can take into, you know, post pandemic life. It's just uh, making time each week to get in touch with one person, one or two people in the industry, just to network, whether it's for 30 minutes, you know, virtual coffee. Uh, and I think the, the software that a lot of people are using Zoom, such as this is, uh, is really going to become a more a normal thing. Like, you know, if, if you reach out and say, let's hop on a, a Zoom call and talk, I mean, that, that's something that everybody seems to be fairly used to now. So I, I hope that that's something I, a habit I can take into, uh, you know, the rest of my career with me. Cause I think it's a, it's a good one to have. Yeah. And zoom, I mean, hell, I never, I was on some zoom calls before, but never facilitating them and never multiple times a day, like, like we are now. So I think definitely people, and it's, it's much better than a phone call. So like our staff, I mean, you know, my staff and probably your staff are similar in the, the fact that, you know, most are entry level and, you know, staying motivated and guiding them through this the zoom has been a crucial part you know being able to do video so on your you know journey did you have any you know mentors or anybody that's really kind of you know taking taking you under their wing and and guided you or did you kind of just go out and grind it out networking and doing everything on your own yeah, I would say the, uh, the two guys I talked about earlier, Andrew Sidney and Justin Rampus, um, you know, I've worked for both of them, worked for Justin currently, worked for Andrew for, for a little over a year. And um, there are two people who I can go to with questions, whether it's about, you know, work or, um, you know, Justin and I, we talk about like, uh, my wife and I just bought a house. So uh, the home. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So, you know, if I had something, I had no idea what was going on. He was somebody I knew I could go to and ask questions about, you know, not just, uh, you know, how to be a good manager of people, but also how to be like an adult, <laughs> if you will. Right. <laughs> uh, that to me is almost more valuable than, than the business side of things, which uh, I, I always yeah. agree. But um, I say, you know, I always, I always had a pretty strong work ethic on top of it though. You know, I, I, uh, I always prided myself on uh, whatever metrics we were going against. I always wanted to hang my hat on something. So when I started with the Pacers, um, obviously I came in, didn't have any connections, didn't have a book of business. So at that point was just my goal. Like uh, I knew I wasn't a lead in sales off the bat. You know, I, I don't know many people who can jump into a situation and be the top producer in their first month. Um, so my goal was I need to find something to hang my hat on. So is it phone calls? Is it meetings? Is it companies canvas? Whatever it was, I needed to make sure that I was, I was winning in something. Um, just because I, um, I, I strike myself as a competitive person. I try to find people who are competitive when I'm out recruiting because uh, I think it takes you a long way. But that was that was my goal was what can I be the best at right now? And then eventually those habits will turn into sales. So what was your what was your first winning? Oh, I, uh, I remember my, my first day on the phones in Indy. I set five appointments with business owners. Wow. Across the, the nice. state. I, I was I was super pumped about that. I was like, Man, <laughs> easy. And then I kind of came back to reality a little bit. So. <laughs> Uh, my first few months though, I led the way in meetings. Um, that was to me, that's the most important metric from a, like account executive or outside sales rep is how many meetings you're getting out on in front of people to, to pitch your product. Uh, you know, it's like you cast a, a wide net, you're going to catch a lot of fish. So 
that was uh, that was my mantra is I needed to just get out in front of people. Um, then I, I started to develop a network and networking was was how I really was successful as a sales rep, you know, able to open doors for other people, but also was not afraid to ask for somebody to open a door for me. Um, my biggest sale ever came from a referral that uh, started with a coffee with a referral partner. Um, next step was a happy hour with his client. And then third step was getting them out to a game where we uh, pitched them a three year suite lease. So that was... Nice. Networking was was what I was really hung my hat on whenever I was uh, whenever I was selling. So is that like are you like in like BNI or something like that or? So there's a, a group called Accelerant here in Indianapolis, and uh, basically it's a small business group, and it's, it's not really like a networking group. It's more like a it's a business development accelerator is what what they call it. So uh, I really bought into it. Um, you know, I, I know that was something that when we we first joined that uh, I felt like I could jump in and played the new card as long as I could. Like, Hey, I'm a new guy here. I don't know. <laughs> help me. And it's amazing how many people are willing to help you if oh, you're yeah. and, and, you know, ask for it. So, um, but I always made sure that in the long run, I was able to pay back whenever I could, whether, you know, open up once I had a book of business, I yeah, was all start connecting. Yeah, yep. start connecting. And that really, if you can do that, I mean, same like we talked about in your professional career, if you can connect with people in the industry, you'll grow your career. That's how I viewed sales too, is if I can connect with people, it'll help, uh, help me grow my revenues and it'll help me get promoted quicker. Like how, how do you, you know, cause you started out like, you know, as an inside sales rep, how do you manage your day? Cause you have, you know, you're making what 60, 80 calls a day and then you're, you're going on meetings. You're, you know, you're trying to do it all and trying to stay motivated at the same time. What, how do you do that? <laughs> Yeah. So when I was in inside sales, um, I was lucky enough that we had uh, another guy who's actually in sales for the Braves right now, selling for the Braves. Um, he and I were just naturally competitive with each other. Like we, we, we were really good friends. We ended up being roommates for a little bit, but uh, if I saw he had like a hundred calls, I knew I had to make 120. Uh, <laughs> it, it was like that back and forth. He saw I had like, you know, I remember we'd have like contests for leads or online sales and those like, we would really push each other. I remember there was like a week where I made a thousand phone calls to win a lead. And he was at like, 950 like something we just put up like enormous numbers and really when you're in inside sales time management is the hardest thing to learn but that's your easiest time where you're gonna have to have time management because you have the least responsibility you, you don't yeah. have you're reaching out as much um you don't have receipts to make you don't have invoices to create you're not going on quite as many appointments as you are as into when you take that next step um so it, it's it's really just trying to teach one of the things i try to teach my staff now is manage your calendar like how to use outlook how to use time management tools because uh, if you can get a really good foundation inside sales um when you get into that next step where you're starting to go out on more points you're out of the office more it, it's much easier and then when you get to a point where you're you may be selling and managing it's just even more important to manage your book of business or in your your day-to-day -day. so um, now I've got a, the time management was something and, you know, staying close to deadlines was, uh, one of the things I'm always trying to work on. Cause I know it's not one of my strong I'll be honest with you. Like I'm, I'm okay with admitting that, but I've got a, a planner that I use. I have like my top three objectives for the day. I've got like my personal objectives for the day. I've got some, and then I have like a notes page where anything I may need for the day is going to be on there where if it's going back and, uh, okay. So for these couple phone calls here, the numbers I need to call and I, it's all in one area, which really helps me because, um, you know, if I have to look in three different places, I'll just get frustrated, <laughs> but it's not having all one, all one concise area. No, I think that's, especially as you start getting into, you know, the leadership, I think a lot of times people struggle from, you know, sales to management, um, and leadership because 
some great salespeople don't always translate over to great leaders. So how did you, did you smoothly transition or did you have any, you know, hiccups? I mean, it's always interesting when you, especially being competitive, like you are, you know, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm hyper competitive. Um, and I think leaders have to learn how to understand that you don't have to personally win to win. It's about right. your team and, and their wins are our wins as well. And sometimes that's a challenge at the beginning. Yeah. You, you know, honestly speaking, the, the, the toughest part was whenever I was selling and managing, um, since I am competitive was seeing whenever there'd be, you know, obviously sales can be a bit of a roller coaster. If I wasn't having as big of a month and some of uh, my teammates were, and I was supposed to be leading them, uh, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. So that was, was something that was a really big struggle for me was how can, I just want to be genuinely happy for those who are selling when I'm not. It's right. so it's like a, a tough pill to swallow at times. But uh, I, I think that was once I learned how to do that, how to realize that, you know, my success and my reputation isn't just on what I'm doing, but it's how the people around me, how they're doing as well. That really helped out. Um, you know, I, I always tell folks who are looking to get into leadership, the, the easiest way to make that transition is make the people around you better now. Like if you're, if you're an account executive, but you want to get a senior title or you're, you have a senior title and you want to move into a full on manager role, what can you do to make everybody around you better, more comfortable? Like how can you take one of their weaknesses and not make it detrimental and fine tune their strengths? If you can do that and you can prove that you're, you're doing, you're making them better, it makes the transition much better. Like, so what do you do on like a weekly or daily basis, like with your team, like just to kind of continue to develop them, keep them motivated and, and producing? Yeah. Uh, so we're not selling in this current environment. Um, but you know, what we're doing right now is we, we have, we meet every day. Actually, like I told you, I just wrapped up a call right before this, um, which was what, what we were, we had our, we had our daily meeting and it's uh, touch base, you know, first few minutes is just us talking. How's everybody doing? Um, you know, how was the weekend today? You know, we had a, a long a weekend. We didn't meet yesterday. So just make sure, you know, how was your Memorial day? Um, you know, just really want, want them to know, how we talk as a person. Then um, we do weekly role plays. Um, everybody does like a role play in our team meeting and then they do role plays outside when they're paired up um, just to stay sharp there. And we did some train. we do some training as well where, uh, you know, some of the, the things that you maybe don't have time to work on in your, in your day-to-day -day office, like when you're in the office making phone calls. So everything from how do I manage a calendar a little bit better? How do we utilize certain parts of the pitch? Like how can we make recommendations? So I've tried to think of like, uh, games and other ways to stay competitive to, to work on those. So like we did a, uh, a game where each rep acted as like a travel agent and they had to ask open-ended questions and then make a recommendation to us based on what they were asking us and where we wanted to go, which was um, a great way to, to work on, you know, the open-ended questions recommendation portion of the pitch. So that those just little things like that, just to, to help cool. with, uh, you know, uh, training without, you know, Hey, let's run through the, the questions we want to ask. Just think of, make them help them think on their feet. Uh, and, and we try to do some fun things like right now we're, we're doing like a weekly debate where, you know, just to stay fun and a little competitive and we all vote on who wins. Uh, I, I think we can stay sharp and stay competitive with each other. When we come out of this, um, we do hit the phones and we do start selling. We'll, we'll be in good shape. Yeah. I think that, I think that's the key is, you know, you're not selling right now, but you're not sitting back doing nothing. You're, you're preparing your team to hopefully be better than they were when you, you went into this. It sounds right. like. That, that's the whole goal. Stay connected with our group, stay connected with our whole staff, and then us stay sharp. So how, how was the transition for you from, you know, the minor leagues to, 
you know, the NBA? Because I, I would think I've only been in the minor leagues my career and, and, and one day I, I hope to join you in, uh, in the big four. Uh, but tell me how that transition was and the pros and cons both ways. You know, I, um, I talk to people all the time. I love my time in minor league baseball. Um, you know, it was, I learned a lot. Um, one of the great things about somebody who starts in minor league, and again, take this to Grand Slam because that's where I started my career. So I think <laughs> of course it's great. Right. Uh, but you learn to sell the experience because most fans are coming out for the time with family, for entertaining clients. They don't, they're not coming out really to watch, you know, the next big Ranger superstar is going to be there in four years. Um, they're, they're really there. So it really helps you know how to paint the picture in situations where you're not relying to what's happening on the court. So I felt like I was really successful with the Pacers because of my time in minor league baseball. I was able to um, talk about like, you know, why you should bring your family out, why you should bring your clients out, why your employees are going to love coming out to a game. Oh, and by the way, we're playing really well. Have you seen how Victor Oladipo and Domantas Sabonis are playing? Like those types of conversations, it was just, it like added fuel to it, just being able to paint the picture from an experience standpoint. Um, so I, I think that was something that really helped me in my sales career was, was being forced to learn how to sell an experience versus selling like, the product on the court. And I would think the, I, I don't know, I know Frisco is one of the top teams as well, but I mean, that's such a huge market. I, I would think maybe name recognition and prestige with the Pacers probably made it a little easier when you would call people. To get the initial meeting, yeah, it, it was. Um, and I think that's one of the, the, the great things about working for a team like the Pacers is uh, we do an awesome job of um, grassroots movements, image, uh, branding and marketing in the public so that uh, we have a really positive image out there when it come, when we do pick up the phone and call. You know, our players are out in the community. Uh, we do a lot of, like, donations from a ticketing standpoint. So um, I, I can remember very few phone calls that we'll call and, uh, you know, people will just scoff at us just because, you know, that very rarely happened because we do have such a good, we did such a good job of building up like our brand and recognition in the community. Um, so that's a shout out to like our community relations department, our marketing departments for, for doing a great job of, uh, of making sure that the public is, is or perceived well. And that, that helps our sales job tremendously. And how does it, I mean, have you noticed, cause you're, you're, I mean, from Illinois, so you're not far, but I mean, you're basically in the heart of basketball country. I mean, you know, Indiana and basketball is like peanut butter and jelly almost. So it has that, have you noticed that at all or it, not really because it's the NBA and the Pacers? No, you still do. I mean, you have your people who you'll, you'll talk to them. And um, you know, I always remember when I was, when I was selling, I'd go out on meetings and I would talk to folks and uh, they would talk about like the ABA days or they would talk about like the Reggie days. And uh, it, it was just really cool to see uh, folks who have really passionate, strong memories of the team. Uh, I mean, Indiana's got, I think, nine out of the 10 largest high school basketball arenas in the world. Um, oh, wow. You know, I think it was um, a few years back, there was a sectional game that had 20,000 people at it. I mean, it, it's just, it's a different world. Wow. You know I mean, uh, obviously, when you see Indianapolis, we have the Colts right in market. So that's, uh, that's a competitor of ours. But what a lot of people don't realize is we also um, have like IU basketball, Purdue basketball, Butler basketball, all within, you know, 90 minutes of, of downtown Indy. So those are things that we, uh, we, we talk about as well as when we're talking to people of how they're using their entertainment dollars isn't just with us or the Colts. They have uh, strong alma mater ties. Um, which Vic coming to the Pacers helped us out a lot because, uh, you know, he's an IU guy. So a lot of the IU fans were, were excited about that. But um, it, it is really cool to see how many people are excited about just basketball and good basketball. Uh, I think a lot of the players you see come through, 
Like it, it's funny if you ask like the fans who their favorites are, it's not always like the superstar. Uh, TJ McConnell, for instance, is becoming a fan favorite just because of how gritty and hard nosed he plays, and he's diving for a it's loose. It's that area, you know. Exactly. It's uh, it fits like the uh, it fits how basketball should be played, and that's what the folks in Indiana love to see. And uh, I think our basketball side has done a good job of getting good quality people and basketball players. So what you know, what kind of career aspirations do you have? I mean, it looks like, you know, over the last four years, you've really been kind of moving up with the Pacers. You know, is there a path or kind of end goal that you're looking to to reach? Uh, you know, I think one day I want to get be a VP of sales for a big four team. You know, that I think that is a, a goal and uh, eventually become a chief revenue officer somewhere. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough. I'm in a position where I've got some great people to learn from. And uh, until I feel like I'm not learning anymore, that's when I'll really start to look. I mean, I've learned so much in the past, you know, six, seven months. I thought I knew the industry when I was selling. I knew everything. And then I got into management. It's like, wow, this is, uh, it's, it's a very different experience. It's a great experience. But, you know, there's a lot of things that as a sales rep, you just don't think about, you know, things you, you almost take for granted, which, um, which is hilarious. Uh, looking back, it's amazing how much I thought I knew that I didn't. Um, it's, but it, uh, it's funny. I, I was thinking that exact same thing just this week because I was like, I know, I feel like I know so much more now than I did five months ago. Right. And I've been in this most of my adult life. I'm 41. So, you know, I think it's, it's a constant, hopefully. I mean, if you really want to be great, you know, and like you said, when you stop, when that stops, it's time to move on. Like our, uh, our, our leadership team on our ticketing side is, is fantastic. Uh, our VP Barry Gibson has seen, up until the pandemic, I'd say he's seen everything under the sun that you could possibly, <laughs> with, which is, it's awesome. Cause I know if there's him between him and my boss, Justin, I know if I can go to either one of them and uh, they're going to have a situation they may have seen at one point that they can help me out with. And I, I, I think it's great that uh, I have people I can go to for help. And um, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly, okay. I'm constantly looking to learn and to grow. And there's situations that get thrown my way. That's like, wow, I no idea how to answer that question. Let me get back to you on that. And I go chat with them and um, they do a good job of challenging me to, you know, how would I handle it? And then they, we go back and forth and we always come out on the same side with each other. May disagree a little bit, but uh, you know, eventually we do come out on the same side. And I think that's the important thing is, you know, having bosses that you can disagree with, but at the end of the day, you know, that you're going to come out together at the end of it, which is crucial. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, you, you almost need to be able to disagree at some point. I mean, it's part of learning and, you know, if you're passionate about something or really believe in it, you should be able to speak up. So it's good that the leadership is, is open-minded and, and challenges you back, you know, to help develop you. Cause there's, there's a lot of places that don't have that culture, you know, right. they, they don't. And it's, I think it's important. So as obviously from your, your growth and your career, you know, you can see that it's there with the Pacers. So that's great. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't say enough good things about the, the leadership team that we have here and, you know, the opportunities they've given me and the coaching and, uh, you know, mentor, mentoring I've gotten over the years with the Pacers. It's been, uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at without that cause, you know, <laughs> I would just be some uh, stupid guy trying to stumble through the world and they've definitely helped me out a ton. So when you were back in college, would you have thought, what, five, six years later that you'd be working in the NBA? Oh, man. I, in college, I was worried about like who my next football <laughs> was, what my next meetings were. I was, I was very short-sighted. And I, I think if I could go back, that was something I would change. It's, you know, just try to view the bigger picture. I mean, 
I remember I did my elevator pitch video in a t-shirt and like, and I, I see, and I think of that now and I just cringe. Um, so you know, <laughs> amount of time, uh, you know, seeing, you know, how much growth there's been just the maturity thing. It's, you know, looking back, it's how much I didn't know. Um, but again, I've had people just by that mindset, it's people took a risk and I, I hope they viewed paid off. I think it did. Um, but it, it's, uh, I would not think I'd be where I'm at. Um, you know, I think I would outwork about anybody, but I don't think I would be, uh, have the opportunities I've had since then. That's cool. What position did you play in football? It was a D tackle, nose guard. I had a hand in the dirt, you know, hitting heads. Nice. Uh, a grinder. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. I think I got, you know, uh, on, on every single run play we faced, I had a center and a guard in my face. So it was, uh, it was <laughs> nice. Nice. You got to miss that a little bit every now and then. I do. So. I do. I miss the games. I, uh, and I miss the camaraderie, like, you know, the Madden games at, at camp. I don't miss practice. Yeah. <laughs> I do miss the games and, uh, and I don't miss being sore, but, uh, yeah, I miss, I miss the teammates, me and my teammates. We still talk uh, pretty much every day. You know, I got like five or six guys. We'll talk every single day, which is awesome. That's cool. That's, I mean, I'm kind of the same way with that. I, it's such an area that being competitive, it's like you, you really miss that. And that's really what I try to, I try to bring that to the staff here, you know, and just that, that team, that team feel, the you know let's let's go to war together i mean when you're grinding on the phone 60 80 calls a day it's uh man it's lonely it gets lonely sometimes <laughs> a lot of rejection a lot of you know everything so you yeah. know we really try to make it a fun spot. i get excited when i see somebody battling uh you know with a with a client or a prospective client and uh what gets me even more excited is when them the people around them notice that and start cheering them on like that's yeah. me it's the coolest thing in the world. Um, you know, it, it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see the staff picking each other up, uh, rewarding, you know, cheering for each other. Uh, you know, I, I always talk to, when I'm, when I'm interviewing, I'm looking for people who are competitive and, you know, I don't want somebody who, when things aren't going their way, they just get mad and pout. Um, a lot of people say, oh, I'm competitive. I'm mad. I'm losing. I'm like, I want somebody who's competitive in the fact that when things aren't going their way, they fix it and they know how to really learn how to rebound. That to me is a competitive person. Yeah. Um, you don't need to outwardly express your disappointment. You don't need to outwardly express, you know, you're upset, but if you can realize something's going wrong and you can fix it and you rebound and you, you work to doing it, somebody who's going to go really far in life just from that competitive mindset. Yeah. Problem solving, you know, sure. right there. I mean, it's, it's crucial. Is there any one skill or trait that you, it's like number one, they, you know, you, you have to have it. You, um, you're, you're not going to be considered without it. You know, I, honestly, I know we've hit a couple of times, really somebody's competitive is the thing I'm, I'm looking for the most. Um, there's about five characteristics I'm looking when I'm interviewing. Competitive is number one. Uh, also looking for people who are coachable just because, you know, they, there's a lot of times we're hands-on trying to help them get better and they want to get better. Uh, people who are going to act with integrity. Um, you know, if you're competitive but you don't have integrity, you're not going to do well. So you got to have a good balance there of, you know, you, you want to get to the top, but you also want to pull people up with you. Um, somebody who's gritty, I think that goes hand in hand with com competitive and then people who are positive that even if they're having a rough day, you know, they've gotten six no's in a row, they're going to keep smiling, dialing, everybody around there is going to feel that because that's, that's super important is just being able to, uh, you know, radiate sunshine on a rainy day. Yeah. You got to have that energy flowing throughout the office. Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that's great, man. I, I, it sounds like you've got a great team there and, and you've got some great leaders helping you, um, continue to develop and, you know, it sounds like you'd be a fun, 
competitive person to work for and with. So yeah, I, I think if you ask my staff, uh, depending on the day, they may agree. Depends on <laughs> yeah. the they've gotten from me, but no, we try to keep it fun. Um, you know, it's, it's our job, it's our career, but at the end of the day, you know, we want to make sure that, uh, our people care are known they're care for they're taken care of. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that as a leader, that's our most important thing is, you know, taking people maybe not necessarily where they want to go, but where they, they, they need to go. Um, you know, taking them, pushing them to that extra level. Um, you know, a lot of times that's, when you're looking at somebody um, who has a fire lit in them, they are competitive. How can we take that fire and just pour gas on it and make them want to be stronger? Um, so that it's, it's fun being leading a group of people. It's fun leading a team. Uh, it's very challenging. Uh, every day is different. And I, I, you know, I couldn't ask for anything right now. Yeah, no, it sounds, sounds exciting. Um, you know, I want to thank you for joining me today. It was good to, you know, chat with you a few weeks back when we were, you know, just connecting. And I was like, man, you've got some, some great stuff that I'd love to share with other people. Well, I, I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, you know, I enjoy talking to you and, uh, you know, glad to hear things are going well in Fredericksburg and, uh, you know, congrats on the promotion or the recent job change there. I hope, uh, you know, I think we talked about this last time we spoke, but man, it's a crazy start to the, the VP of sales role whenever all this happens. So good yeah, luck. Fun. Man, if I can help with anything, you know, you know, you got my email, got my phone number, call me if I can help with anything. Will do. Thank you. Hey, podcast fans. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Andrew Haynes Show. Uh, we appreciate all of your support and would love any feedback that you have. So if you do have any feedback, uh, please leave us a review or reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn.